Welcome back, nerds, to your nerd news. Did you miss me? It's been a couple weeks, uh, but here we are. Let's get into today's episode. We have in the music section, Slipknot and Mushroomhead are at it again, it would seem. Plus, in books and comic books, we have forward motion from George R.R. R. Martin, but maybe not exactly what you're wanting to hear. In the gaming section, we have uh, more for the year of the fighting game. We have some updates that have happened over the course of the last few weeks. Uh, over in movies, setting the record straight, if you will, for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then a uh, rumor mill that is uh, greatest hits right now, it would seem. So all of that and a bunch more. So let's get into it. In the housekeeping section, uh, we are, like I said, not 100% back yet still uh, with this whole job situation. Uh, just Fridays are too volatile, man. I got to figure out a different day for streaming, and that's even less easy, I think. So the stream portion is still on hiatus, but we are back for regularly scheduled episodes. Um, hopefully the uh, the trickle of content that I had scheduled while we were gone was enough to keep you around. And now that we are back into the news, um, as far as other things going forward uh, right now, we're... Just kind of plugging along. Uh, there's there's some concert dates coming up, so we might be having wonky schedules in the not too distant future. But uh, or take a week off. I think the week I go see Pantera is the same week I go see Mudvayne. So yeah, we're probably not going to have an episode that week. But uh, yeah, that, it, as we get closer to that, we will. Uh, I will let you know. As far as the rest of the housekeeping goes, I think we're all right. Other videos on the channel and over on the Clips channel will probably be slightly affected as well. I'm also tra uh, trying to get another batch of reaction videos up, so that's good to know, I suppose. And from there, let's just talk news, shall we? Also, I guess I should say, uh, before we do get into the news, uh, still on strike for both the writers and the actors. So that means full episodes for everyone, because honestly, there's barely a TV section. So uh, yeah, that's, that's the last of housekeeping. Now, let's get into the news. So, music section, let's kick things off the right way. Uh, in music section, we have new record that's uh, kind of a surprise from OTEP. We also have, like I said to the intro of the episode, we have Mushroomhead and Slipknot going at it a little bit, but that's, uh, that might be a poor choice of words. And then we also have Metallica giving us some very interesting news. So let's talk music, shall we? Uh, starting off in follow-ups and corrections, we do have a couple of follow-ups. First up, we have Halo Effect, that record that we announced that they were working on. Well, now they have uh, finished it and they are looking to release said record sometime at the beginning of 24. No exact release date just yet, but they are finished with it and in and moving through the mixing and mastering and all that jazz. So pretty awesome. Uh, and then we have one other follow-up. We talked previously about a single that Otep had released uh, that was a cover of a Billie Eilish song, which kind of struck me as a little bit odd. Well, apparently there is a new Otep record that that is coming from. Uh, the record, I did not see a 
Uh, and oh yeah, that's right. It's called the Godslayer. I did see the the album title. Uh, the album is called the Godslayer, but there are a number of other covers on there, not just the Billie Eilish cover. We have an Eminem cover. Uh, we have Slipknot, Lil Peep, Olivia Rodrigo. Uh, very interesting choices. Like I can kind of understand the Eminem and the Slipknot stuff, but the rest of it was a little bit out of left field. So I'm kind of Kind of anticipating this. It's been a long time since I since I have anticipated an OTEP record, but there it is. So uh, that's what we have for follow-ups and corrections. Let's jump into new music, shall we? In new music uh, and videos, but this is all, I'm pretty sure this is all just brand new music. There are videos for all of these songs as well. But first up is Code Orange releasing another single. This time it's called Take Shape featuring Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins, which is an interesting addition. It works. Um, I wish kind of they had explored the Billy Corgan guest vocal a little bit more because he kind of almost feels like an afterthought in this, but it, it still works. Like it definitely works better than I anticipated it working. Uh, a random note about some of the newer stuff that they've released. This, I, this is, I said previously when they dropped those first two singles off the next record, I said then that this is more in line with the uh, Code Orange that I fell in love with on the Forever record, but it still isn't the direction I anticipated them going. So it's taking some adjusting, especially when you get stuff like this. This is still solid and I absolutely recommend it to anyone who's interested in very experimental, hardcore industrial combinations. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it's, st it's still a, a different band, I think, than when they started, which is not a bad thing, just something we gotta get used to. Then we have another one from the band Skinned. This one is called Robert Hansen. Uh, still don't know what to make of this group. Like, it kind of feels like they're very edgelordy because they always have very envelope-pushing, uh, boundary-pushing lyrics and subject matter, i.e. the subject matter of this. Robert Hansen is a pretty hideous and heinous uh, uh, serial killer. Um, and the last one was about a school shooting and like they just I feel like there's there's a very big edgelord element to this which generally kind of turns me off but they seem to deliver something unique in spite of that that is interesting to listen to. I'm not going to go so far as to say it's good, but it's different and that's almost as good as good sometimes I think. So uh, cautious recommend for this one. Then we have two new tracks from Lord of the Lost that have come out within the last two weeks of each other. Uh, Destruction Manual was the first and Dead End was the second. And I mean, it's still Lord of the Lost, man. It's still solid goth industrial metal like hybrid going on here. Lord of the, Ro Lord of the Lost is just good, good music. These guys just know how to do the thing, and they do it damn well. Uh, the, the there is a risk, though. I've I've started to notice with the last out, the last few outings, is there is a risk of starting to become a little monotonous. So I don't want to see them go that route, but. 
So far, so good, man. Absolutely recommend for both these tracks. Then let's talk about this new track from Youngblood. The name of the song is Low Life. Now, I did specifically seek this one out when I saw that he is releasing new music. I, I, I wanted to do this because this is who I thought I was going to see open up for Limp Bizkit. Uh, I, 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 I got Young Gravy instead because old man hears a new hip-hop artist name and they sound similar, so they must be the same person, right? Um, not, definitely not the case. Youngblood, Young Gravy, very different artists. I hadn't actually listened to Youngblood previously, so this is really my first exposure to him, and gotta say, I don't necessarily see why people love this dude. Like, it's fine. It's not bad. It's very well produced, and, you know, the rhyme schemes and things that are involved are solid, but, like... Nothing exceptional. There's no, there's no element of wow with this. This is just basic uh, goth kind of tinged pop, hip-hop white guy music. I don't know. Uh, but it's, it, it's not really much new necessarily. Just kind of a, a unique blending of genres that has been done, but probably not in the same way. Still nothing unique. Whatever. I'm rambling. Let's move on. Then we have, uh, this is an interesting one because this is actually, we talked previously in the shout out show about how sometimes people go into the comment section of reaction videos, try and get them to do reactions to this band that they're a fan of or that band that they're associated with or something uh, along those lines. And so this one actually, the first time I heard of Aesthetic Perfection was through that, was through a comment section for one of my reaction videos and somebody saying, you need to react to this Aesthetic Perfection. And actually, it was the same person giving me, I believe at this point, there's been three different suggestions for Aesthetic Perfection. And uh, then Aesthetic Perfection came through on my suggested feed. So I bit the bullet and said, you know what, what the hell, let's do this. And gotta say, was kind of surprised. Uh, the production is pretty well done. I can't necessarily fault them for production. Uh, the, the song itself, the name of the song, before we get too far ahead of that, is Summer Goth. Uh, and like, I can see where they're going. I feel like this is probably not the best example of who Aesthetic Perfection is, uh, but they do all of the elements that they're trying to do. There's, there's, there's an element of parody involved with uh, the majority of the sections of this song, and then the bridges are kind of what I would imagine are more in tune with their normal sound, which that was kind of the highlight of the song, were the bridges. So, like, I, I'm down for it. Uh, it we'll probably do, like, a proper aesthetic perfection reaction video uh, not just one of the quickies in the future but as it stands right now mild recommend for aesthetic perfection then we got some new music from Aphex Twin, and this is kind of unexpected. Honestly, part of my brain kind of thought he stopped making music, but then the other part of my brain was like, no, 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 he's pretty prolific. He puts out a lot of stuff, so the fact that he's still putting out music shouldn't be a surprise. Though, the surprise here is he's he's kind of started so back in like the 90s and early aughts uh from my exposure to apex twin is he did records that were like more traditionally structured music and then he did records that were more ambient sounds and that kind of music uh the ambient records were usually the more frequent ones uh, that's a conversation uh, as to why probably for a whole other video but 
the 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 big ones were the ones that that like come to daddy was on and and window liquor and that kind of stuff so this is actually kind of an amalgamation of those two sounds that i was exposed to in my early days of appreciation of apex twin so it's interesting this is not where i anticipated he would take his sound because honestly you listen to come to daddy you listen to window liquor you listen to the stuff from that rough time frame and it seems slightly more aggressive this still is dark and creepy just without that aggro element so it's different still really good still uh, still scoring some dark crazy movie in his head i'm sure and absolutely worth a listen just don't go into it thinking it's going to be another come to daddy and then we got new music from in this moment uh the name of this song is the purge it's coming from their upcoming album god mode out october 27th uh the, again this is another band that i feel like is kind of resting on their laurels they put out uh, i can't remember the name of the record but it was uh, a few years ago and it was kind of like the record that marilyn manson never put out that was kind of the feel the one with uh uh how what was the name of the song horror i think was the name of the song uh that was their big single and they had a couple other pretty big singles off of that that were unique in this active rock maybe light metal kind of subgenre that has been kind of carved out recently um which made them stand out it made it, it gave them their own unique voice this track is not that uh, this track is very much just kind of ducking into the crowd and losing their face in the vastness that is metal these days, is the active rock community, is the uh, whatever octane core is what Finn McKinty would call it. And that's kind of exactly what this is. This doesn't set them apart. This is not really a recommend. Unless you are an absolute fan of In This Moment, probably not going to be the song that wins you over. Next, we're talking about a band I honestly had never heard of previously, and that is Celestial Annihilator. This is cosmic black metal, is what the technical subgenre has been labeled as. And, like, I feel like a lot of the subgenre talk is a little ridiculous. In this case, I can understand why you would call this cosmic black metal, especially if you watch the video for it. It's a very cosmic video, so that kind of adds to the feel. But, uh, uh so... This is a little bit better than most of the pack of black metal. Uh, this is better than than a lot of the the solo dudes with a single mic uh, that you know do nothing but make it sound like crap. This is better than that for sure. Is this black braid level of good? Is this magua level of good? E not really <laughs> but it's still better than the average black metal so on that note it's a recommend it's absolute oh man it's it, it's interesting to hear the difference between what is categorized as cosmic black metal versus black braids atmospheric black metal and how those two things can differ it's a really interesting study in subgenre differentiation so like for that reason absolutely check it out if you just like black metal you'll definitely dig this if you're not much in the black metal it's probably not going to change your mind and our final piece of new music this week comes from a band called, and I think I'm saying this right, Chaosis? Uh, maybe? Uh, this is featuring vocalists from Slipknot and Mushroomhead. Well, 
former vocalists from both of those bands. But it's not the same two former vocalists that we, that are going on tour together. It is Anders Kolsefni because he is the only former vocalist for Slipknot. Uh, but the other vocalist on here that is guest vocaling is Jeffrey Nothing, who has recently left the band Mushroomhead. So uh, very interesting uh, usage of these two guest spot vocals. This, though, the song as a whole is just... But like mediocre new metal garbage that didn't really get mixed very well. There's definitely a lot of very poor production involved with this, so it, it really turns you off to any awesomeness that could be happening with these vocals. And there is a lot of really cool potential here, because Jeffrey Nothing has an amazing voice. Uh, Anders, not necessarily amazing, but unique, yeah, sure. Uh, and, and I think they utilize Anders fairly well. Nothing, though, kind of falls into the mix and you can't if you weren't watching the video to see when he's singing you really wouldn't be able to pick him out so yeah just a whole lot of wasted potential with this one it is interesting to see just because of the the anthropological kind of elements of the slipknot and mushroom head getting along in a certain way but the song itself is really hot garbage so uh watch it with the volume off maybe so that brings us into tours and festivals. Uh, this week, we only the only one that I caught was Polythia. I'm sure there were some that kind of slipped through uh, my grasp for whatever reason, so we'll play a little bit more catch up next week. But uh, Polythia has announced that they are going to be adding dates to a tour that they had uh, kind of announced. They only announced a very small amount of dates previously. So this is like a big, long, going all over North America kind of tour. Uh, the dates start September 5th in Asheville, North Carolina runs through November 3rd in San Antonio, Texas. They will be at the Blue Ridge Rock Festival. That is a mouthful. They will be there though, like I think it's like five dates into this tour and then they're going to be picked, they're going to catch uh, some support after the Blue Ridge show. Uh, they're gonna get support from Domi, JD Beck, and Midwest. Uh, not necessarily all at the same shows. Uh, there's different legs of the tour will have different supporting acts. So definitely follow the link in the description if you want to pick up tickets or you just want to see who will be uh, the support for the dates near you. They are going to Canada and I think I saw one or two Central America dates as well, but I could be wrong. So definitely go double check those specifics if you're interested. From there, though, uh, we're moving into regular-ass news, and we only have one piece of just plain-ass news, and that is Metallica has started a podcast. Kind of. <laughs> it's not the dudes in Metallica specifically hosting a weekly show. Uh, that would be really cool, and I'm sure it's within their capabilities. It's in, within their wheelhouse of capability. They're just Metallica, so they don't have to. So they have two people who are very closely associated with the Metallica camp are hosting what amounts to effectively a once-a-week news show that has to do with everything Metallica. Uh, so presumably the boys will be showing up from time to time on the show, but... <laughs> like this is just this is a thing that like they have sponsored effectively they're they're the ones that like made sure it happened and probably put up some money to put it together but they're not directly doing the thing which was a little heartbreaking after i read those headlines and was like oh that's really kind of awesome i know there's a million and one podcasts right now but like I, it's metallica doing a thing and then you read the fine print and go 
oh, it's kind of associated with Metallica. It's not Metallica direct, but it kind of still, whatever. Uh, so yeah, it is, it's available. The first episode has already come out, so it's available where you can, wherever you can find podcasts. Uh, go listen to it. Interesting stuff, but again, you don't get a whole lot from James and the guys. Uh, that is all we have for regular ass news, which only leaves the suggestion for this episode suggestion this week we're going with some hardcore uh hardcore punk rock from canada a band called comeback kid the album is wake the dead this is this is comeback kid in these early days is the band that kind of paved the way for things like uh turnstile uh, knocked loose those those kind of hardcore bands that exist today owe a lot to bands like comeback kid and i think comeback kid is a very good example of that style of hardcore uh where there's a lot of melody involved but there's still a lot of crushing riffs and stuff like that so whole lot of fun it's actually a pretty short record it's like 45 50 minutes long something like that so you can listen to it real quick probably listen to it twice uh and then if you really dig it go check out their first record turn it around because there is one of the best breakdowns ever in hardcore on that record. I just think the songwriting is a lot better on Wake the Dead. So go check out Wake the Dead from Comeback Kid as your suggestion this week. Now we're into gaming and tech, and boy do we have a bit to talk about here because Mortal Kombat is just going nuts. We also have Red Dead Redemption to really, really get into, and then Killer Instinct dropped some really awesome news uh, very recently as well. So we're going to get to that and a couple other things. So jumping right into follow-ups and corrections we're gonna just come out the gate swinging with mortal kombat technically these are all trailers but we're going to talk about this a little bit more than uh we do in the trailer section so uh we got the banished trailer most recently uh right before that was the keepers of time trailer and then the combat pack reveal and the umgadi on the same day umgadi came out first and then combat pack was like three hours later or something like that all of this happened save for the banished trailer uh, the other three trailers happened while I had no internet connection so I knew they were going to be happening I didn't know specifically what the trailers were I just knew we were going to be getting trailers while I was away from civilization and uh and they, they oh man they did not disappoint when we got when I got back into uh, the, the connections uh so Umgadi honestly for a minute I didn't I was about a week was it a week? It was about a week after the Umgadi trailer dropped is when I finally was able to watch it. And I didn't see a whole lot of people talking about the chameleon uh, the cameo in the back. Not cameo, like not the fighter cameo, but like kind of a on-screen cameo, like you would say for an actor. Uh, and for, for a hot minute, because a lot of people were really focused on Tanya and how they're perceiving her to be ugly and like it, it doesn't... She doesn't look like the Tanya from previous games, but most of the characters don't look like they did in previous games. It's one of the things that they do after uh, uh, the once they go into a new game, they change the look of the characters, kind of a thing that Mortal Kombat does. Uh, so, like, that didn't really... I mean, Liu Kang might be the exception to that rule, but uh, then we're going to go off on a tangent, and that's not what we're here for. So, yeah, but uh, eventually, obviously, people started really talking about the Chameleon thing. And then we got the announcement of the DLC. Uh, also happened the same day, but that was the other big focus was, oh, my God, 
Uh, Generally Nerdy was wrong <laughs> because we did get, in fact, Homelander, uh, uh, Peacemaker, and Omni-Man, all three in one DLC pack. And that is bonkers. Also, Takeda was another one that I was highly skeptical of seeing in the DLC, and there he is. <laughs> it is actually Takeda Takahashi, too. It's not, It's as far as we know, it's not Hanzo in any form. We still don't know where the hell Hanzo is is so yeah um and then what was the next one the next one was the keepers of time i think that one actually dropped it might have been the same day i got back i don't remember but it was pretty close to the day i got back so i was pretty up on the the release of that one with darius as the cameo uh, announcement there uh the announcement with the dlc stuff also all of the cameos announced there uh farah no farah tour just farah that's pretty nuts uh we also got movado who we haven't seen for a hot second i think he's only been in two games previous to this so it'll be very interesting to see how he affects or how he plays as a cameo um and then we got the uh the banished trailer and we see where they're still not giving us any of the people that were uh revealed in the san diego comic-con footage which was another thing that happened while i was gone um so like we we've seen through these leaks from san diego that we got reiko and motaro as well but they have yet to officially be announced. So one of the two of them is going to be a cameo. My money says Motaro. Everyone else is basically saying the same thing, but wouldn't it be funny if neither of them was a cameo and they were both playable characters? Probably not gonna happen, but there you go. <laughs> but yeah, so the Banished trailer is definitely a thing that uh, I was here for. It's, I, I am a big fan of what they've done with Reptile. I've never been a big reptile player but this, i mean watching that footage i'm gonna give him a shot because he looks to be a little bit more a little more fluid and i think that was that I, I i had trouble stringing him together in previous games but it looks like that won't be as big of an issue this time around but we we shall see um ashra was also in the banished as long as well as havoc and serena was the new cameo for this one uh, the Serena cameo looks pretty crazy. I'm digging that one for sure. Uh, and, and the Ashra situation, she looks like a much more well-rounded character. Sounds like a lot of people were having fun playing her at the uh, uh, Evo event because there was a playable build of the game with, with Ashra and... No, it was Lee May. No, I'm misremembering that. It was Lee May. It was not Ashra. Either way, uh, it looks like she's going to be kind of a combo maniac, so that's pretty awesome. Havoc, I don't know what to make of Havoc just yet. But uh, yeah, it kind of leads me to this other thing that I just did a piece on over at Kamidogu.com uh, talking about the how the cameo characters are going to factor into the story mode because uh, we were kind of led to believe that the cameos were not necessarily uh, part of the, the story, the lore necessarily. Uh, but it seems that at least some of them are going to be. And if some of them are, why wouldn't all of them be tied into it somehow? So very interesting. If you really want to get into the the, the, the details of my theory, then again, go check out kamidogu.com. Uh, that is what we've got for Mortal Kombat. I could talk all day about Mortal Kombat, so we're just going to move on, shall we? Uh, that's what we also have for follow-ups and corrections. There's nothing else there. We do have some new trailers to talk about, so let's talk about that. Red Dead Redemption. 
just dropped, the uh, port, if you will, of Red Dead Redemption. And there's a whole lot of really stupid around this. So let's start at the top and then take it away. Rockstar Games has announced that they are going to be remastering, quote unquote, uh, Red Dead Redemption, which was uh, Xbox 360 PS3 title, if I'm remembering this correctly. Um, so that's the interesting part is because it was on the Xbox 360, uh, it's backward compatible on the Xbox series. So you can play your 360 version with a minor visual upgrade and it's basically the same thing of what they're doing with the the other two versions because they're releasing it uh, specifically on the Switch which will be nice to have a, a portable version of Red Dead Redemption as well as the PlayStation 4. That's right PlayStation 4 4 and Switch are getting the Red Dead Redemption upgrade, which means you'll still be able to play your Red Dead Redemption on your PlayStation 5 because backward compatibility exists there as well. But if you look at the trailer, while there is some visual difference, there is definitely they did some work to it. It doesn't look like they did much work to it. So go check out that trailer and kind of see because the, the the reason this is a big issue if they released it for like 20 bucks, that wouldn't be an it wouldn't be such a such so much drama around it. Um, but the reason this is a big issue is because they're dropping it for 50 bucks. Granted, that is $10 less than the average uh, current gen game and $20 less than the new AAA title price tag for current gen. But still, that's a gets a decent chunk of change for a game that doesn't really look like it belongs in the current generation. And so why would you, whatever. Uh, yeah, so that's what we got for Red Dead Redemption right now. Uh, let's move over the next trailer we got that is worth talking about that's not Mortal Kombat is Tekken 8. We actually got a number of trailers there uh, as well as Street Fighter 6. We were talking about Street Fighter 6 in just a second. Uh, so Tekken 8, a lot of Evo stuff going on there. A lot of really awesome. Go check out all of the trailers. The one that I, that I specifically watched for today's episode is linked in the description. But I think there was like two or three total dropped. So go check that out. Uh, this is the Azu uh, Azucena, I think is how you say her name. Azucena gameplay reveal trailer. It looks so, so smooth. So buttery smooth. Uh, I haven't honestly played Tekken for a hot second, so... Very interested in probably getting back into that. Uh, from there, let's go into the regular ass news, shall we? Uh, like I said, Street Fighter VI had a lot of stuff happen over at EVO because EVO kind of revolves around Street Fighter in a lot of ways. Uh, so the biggest one is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles collaboration. Uh, there is also the AKI DLC uh, that there is no date for AKI just yet. Uh, like Aki maybe is uh, how you, that is supposed to be pronounced. Uh, not big on the Street Fighters necessarily, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles collaboration isn't what it might appear to be. If you have not yet played Street Fighter, then it might look like the the, the Donnie, Raph, Mikey, uh, and Leo are all playable characters in Street Fighter 6, kind of like they were in Injustice 2. And that's not the case. Uh, what they are is they're basically just skins for your avatar in the story mode of the game. There's actually three different modes that you can play with the, those skins, but it's just a skin. Uh, I think other abilities 
might be might be associated with each individual skin, but it's not a full-fledged character. It's just animations for the Ninja Turtles. It looks cool, but it's not as cool in delivery as maybe we wanted it to be. So there is that. Uh, and then the other big thing to come out of EVO this last week is Killer Instinct. 10 year anniversary for Killer Instinct. Uh, we got Iron Galaxy coming back to the fray to do this upgrade for the 10 year anniversary. It is going to be free DLC. Basically, they're balancing the game a little bit more. No new characters, but new balance patches, uh, uh, upgrade compatibility for the current gen uh, series consoles and just all over kind of overhauling gameplay stuff to make it a little bit more fluid for modern uh, sensibilities, if you will, because the game is, like I said, 10 years old. How awesome is that? Uh, hopefully, if this does well, if the community picks back up a little bit more, because that the Killer Instinct community is huge, but hopefully, uh, if it gets even huger, uh, we will see maybe an announcement of some sort of new KI game Let's cross our fingers. That's completely speculation on my part, but it's not outside of the realm of possibilities. So uh, that being the regular S news, that's all we got except for suggestions for gaming this week. We're going back to Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I'm still playing it. I just barely started doing the temples, so I'm just now starting to progress the story. And what, what are we, like two and a half months uh, after launch? I, this game, so the reason I wanted to, to highlight this game again for the suggestion is because this game is roughly 16 gigabytes large. This game is, the, the, the playability is gigantic. Very literally the largest Zelda game that we've ever got. One of the largest like open world RPG games we've got in some time. I mean, aside from the obvious like immenseness of Starfield when it comes out and, and No Man's Sky and things like that. But like, those are all like a lot larger file sizes. You know, Starfield very specific is gonna be what? Like 120 something gigs? 16 gigs, Zelda is. 16 gigs. That's awesome. That is incredible. This game is so much fun. This is very easily going to be one of the best games ever made. So go check it out. If you haven't yet, if you haven't, if you kind of dropped it because you got bored with it or what, what have you, there's so much to do in this game. Go check it out. It's definitely worth your time, at least for another couple hours over the next course of the next week. And now, let's talk about comic books and books, shall we? We got some George R.R. R. Martin action going on, and it's not just Game of Thrones. We got a little bit of other stuff from him as well, as well as Assassin's Creed uh, book, comic, comic book, rather, coming out very soon. So let's talk about all the things. So, regular-ass news, we've got... Winds of Winter! All it took was, you know, a writer's strike, an actor strike, and Hollywood basically shutting down for George R.R. R. Martin to be like, all right, maybe I should uh, get a little bit more work on that book done, huh? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, he claims that he is always working on Winds of Winter, but he has said very specifically, uh, since all of the shutdowns in Hollywood have happened, that he is going to be working even harder on it because that's all he can do because everyone's on strike. So. Uh, it, it, 
if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. And we get our, our final book from George R. R. Martin. But he also said in that same blog post on his website that he's going, he is doing some editing on a couple more of the wild card books, which is also very incredible because I mean, we're sitting at like 25 books in that series right now. So that's pretty awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I just hope that he keeps that focus even once the negotiations come to an end and he can put out some more uh, uh, literature as well as some quality television once, you know, he's back to doing the television thing. So from there, we have a new comic book announced for Halloween this year, and I just couldn't not talk about it. Captain America is doing a special arc called Cap Wolf, where Captain America becomes uh, the 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 lycan... He's a, he's a werewolf. He's a werewolf. Lycanthropy, like, like the... the yeah. <laughs> it's going to be called uh oh crap i just lost the, the thing um yeah cap wolf that's that's what it's going to be called it's going to be captain america and the howling commandos uh, which is going to feature nick fury directing said howling commandos and the artwork for this just looks great it's going to be written by stephanie phillips and the artist for the series is carlos uh, magno and i've seen some of the art so far and i think I dig it a lot. Uh, I'm not familiar with Stephanie Phillips uh, and her writing, though she has done some bigger things, so she's pretty seasoned, it would seem. I'm just not familiar, so uh, very intrigued, very intrigued. Let's move on. From there, we have a new comic book from Assassin's Creed. Uh, it's going to be published by Massive Publishing. It's going to be a creator-owned book. Uh, but I, where did the, did I not take the, really? Did I really do that? Apparently I didn't write down the creator's name. So yeah, that's pretty stupid of me and I apologize, but it's coming. <laughs> we have Massive Publishing is going to be putting out this October. It will be running through uh, 2024 at the very least. Uh, no real details aside from that, though. And I, I might have not taken the note of the, the author or the writer uh, because it hasn't been announced yet, but I think it has, and I'm just dumb. So, yeah, that's what we got on Assassin's Creed. That's what we got for regular-ass news and everything, so let's just do the thing with the suggestions for comic books and books this week. It's a book. It's Game of Thrones. It's the first book of the Song of Fire and Ice uh, series, and yeah, I, it's it's a long read, but it's a good read. Martin is definitely a, a, a craftsman when it comes to prose, and you can't help but love these books. It was originally written or originally released rather in 1996 and it doesn't feel dated at all really it's it's a it's fantasy of a completely different caliber and you should absolutely go read it go check out game of thrones the first book of song fire and ice from george rr R. martin then we're into tv uh, episodic stuff yeah uh basically we just have a bunch of trailers this time around which kind of sucks, but I mean, writer strikes. I don't know how movies is as big as it is, but movies is pretty big, but TV's really not. So, trailers is all we got. Trailers this week, we're talking the Gen V trailer. 
Gen V uh, is the spinoff series from The Boys over on Amazon Prime. It is set to launch September 29th. We finally got Invincible. This one dropped while I was out on vacation. Invincible released their, uh, the, gave us their release date rather, which is November 3rd over on Amazon Prime. Also incredibly stoked for that one. Uh, we have Archer's final season. I believe this is the final trailer for the final season because the season starts August 30th. Uh, season 14 will be the last one. Archer will not be returning to FX in spite of what the FX producers really, really want. <laughs> uh, and then we have, uh, oh, this is an interesting one. We have, it's not, this is not technically a trailer. This is a full-blown episode. It's a, a show called Peach Creek. So if you are a, a nerd of a certain age <laughs> and you watched uh, Cartoon Network back in the day and you watched the cartoon cartoon block of programming on Cartoon Network, then you're very familiar with the characters of Ed, Ed, Nettie. Uh, Ed and Nettie got a fan-made series made for them, and it's called Peach Creek. This is Ed and Nettie kind of sort of grown up. They're seniors in high school, and like the first episode has been released. It is reportedly going to be an entire season of this. And it's kind of awesome. Like some of the audio mixing could definitely use a little bit of work, but this is a fan-made venture from the animation to the audio to everything. These guys are just fans. This is an unofficial sequel to the Ed, Ed, and Eddie series and totally here for it. This is incredibly awesome. Go check it out for sure. Then we got a Daryl Dixon uh, Walking Dead trailer and this, I... I just love these these shows. The the Walking Dead Dead City is absolutely amazing right now and episode 5 don't even get me started. We'll talk about that over on that just happened, but wow, so good and the Daryl Dixon show just looks like it's going to maintain at least that much quality if not raise it up another level. So I'm, I am definitely down for some Walking Dead. Let's have the conversation about that down in the comments, shall we? Uh, and then that's honestly what we have for the section. So let's get into suggestion this week. Uh, obviously go watch Peach Creek because fan made is always a good thing. And honestly, this is quality made stuff, but the actual suggestion for the episode is Walking Dead Dead City. You should have saw that one coming. Uh, episodes five and six I just watched. We're gonna talk about them in detail over on that just happened on the other, uh, on yeah, on that'll be posted up later this week. But uh, this, oh my God, episode five, seriously, just, the, the, oh, it has no right to be as good as it is. I don't need, like, I really liked the original the original show, the OG Walking Dead show was great. And there was a couple of seasons that you could probably do without, but by and large was really, really good. This is just a whole nother level of quality. There is still a little bit of that muddy storytelling that kind of just comes with the Walking Dead franchise because there are so many characters and there's so many subplots and there's all of these things that you have to keep track of. Eventually some of that stuff's gonna get a little muddy in the middle, but they do a fair job of avoiding the mud and they also do an incredible job of shooting and writing and acting and yes, please more. Go check out The Walking Dead, Dead City. 
now let's talk about movies. Uh, this week we have another fan-made uh, situation that we we talked about something like that in TV. We're going to talk about something like that in movies. We also have uh, to we're we're going to talk about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing uh, ever so briefly, as well as a new R.L. Stein adaptation moving forward in spite of the strikes. So let's get into all of that, shall we? Okay, so trailers is an interesting situation this week. We have our first trailer coming out the gate is again, we have to start with Mortal Kombat stuff because that's just how it is. But fan-made movie, uh, Mortal Kombat Deathrite dropped the trailer. There is a whole uh, uh, YouTube channel dedicated to the production company that's doing this. This is not sanctioned by Ed Boon. This is not sanctioned by Warner Brothers probably at all, <laughs> but it's fan-made and like just a lot of fan-made stuff comes off looking very cheap. This doesn't this doesn't look very very cheap at all. This does this looks like this is people who actually know how to make do a production and make things look cinematic. It does kind of look like they went with cheaper gear, but that's, you know, you, you work with what you got when you're not funded by, you know, somebody as rich as the Warner Brothers, but uh this I mean, it's absolutely worth a watch because Mortal Kombat A, but B, like, this is the quality that you can do on a shoestring. It kind of is making Hollywood look bad, I think. So, moving from there, speaking of unofficial, or fan-made, or low-budget, maybe, is probably more appropriate. Legend of the White Dragon dropped, I believe, what is going to be the final trailer. Uh, it happened at San Diego Comic-Con. This, if you don't remember, is the final movie from Jason, Jason David Frank uh, before he tragically passed. I believe it was a little over a year ago now. Um, just... So you take a look at this trailer, and then you take a look at that Mortal Kombat trailer. And while they do both look like very much a whole lot of love was put into both of them, there are some visual issues with the White Dragon trailer that I didn't really pick up on on the Mortal Kombat trailer. So. As much as I absolutely love the stuff that Bat in the Sun does, they're the guys that do the superpower beatdown. They've done a couple of other shorts. They did a Batman short a little while ago that we talked about here on the channel. Um, I do, they're like, they're great storytellers. I just think cinematography-wise, they could use a little bit of work, whereas the Mortal Kombat project, less so? It's pretty awesome. Anyway, I'm, I'm gushing a little too much about Mortal Kombat, but yeah. Uh, Go watch all of these trailers, because so far, so good. Uh, next one that we're talking about is Kill Room. This is just one that kind of came through on my suggested feed in YouTube and was like, that's interesting. This is a huge cast. Uma Thurman, Samuel L. Jackson, Joe Manganiello, Maya Hawk. Uh, a whole lot of big faces, big names, and looks like a very intriguing uh, movie premise. So... Uh, go check out the trailer. Let me know what you think. Does this one strike your interest? Like, I did. I really didn't think it would, but it kind of does. So there's that. And then our final trailer is the final trailer for Five Nights at Freddy's. That's right. We got a final trailer for Five Nights and just doing more for the hype machine. Uh, there was recently a rumors talking about the, the length of this movie was going to be three hours long. Like, it's bad enough that it's going to be PG-13, so, like, a lot of the kids that were going to go see it might not now. But three hours? That's going to be a big turnoff for uh, even more kids, I think. So, I don't know, man. Uh, it, I'm, I mean, I'm going to see it. Like, it, it looks like something I want to watch, especially having at least played the first game. Like, I'm very intrigued, but... Uh, that three hours seems a little strange for such a movie, but 
maybe it'll work. I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on though, shall we? Let's talk now about some regular ass news. We got a bit. So before we get into the 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 fun things, we got to, we're going to start this off and and just have an appreciative moment for the comedic genius that was Paul Rubens. Uh, if you don't know, why wouldn't you at this point? Paul Rubens passed away a few weeks ago, uh, a little over a little over a week ago now, um, of cancer, and he had apparently been battling cancer for some time. He was 70 years old and just uh made my childhood a lot more interesting um i had there are a number of things that i watched routinely and pb's playhouse was one of those things um grandma had disney channel and so anytime i was over at grandma's house i was watching as much pb's playhouse as possible as an adult i still watch a fair amount of peewee um and Paul Rubens just brings joy. I, I mean, even even not as Pee Wee Herman, even like in something like, uh, I mean, he was fantastic in, uh, what was that, Blow? Um, he was also really great, which is drama, but he was also really great in The Mystery Men with Ben Stiller, just, which is a different kind of comedy for him. It was a whole lot of fart jokes and just... Uh, the the comedic world and just the world in general is a little less bright because of the passing of Paul. So we're going to take a moment and remember Paul Rubens. Mutant Mayhem was uh, em embroiled with some controversy uh, over since its launch. Uh, so there was a reviewer. I honestly didn't write down the reviewer's name because it's irrelevant at this point because so many people have picked this story up without actually having seen the movie and, or done even the most cursory bit of research and ran with it. So there was a reviewer who is of the more conservative-leaning side, which is fine. Um, but he said that they made Splinter gay in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem movie. And that was it was a tweet, and that was the, effectively the entire tweet was they made Splinter gay. Why? Uh, and then other conservative outlets kind of picked that up and went, "Oh, we're going to talk about this for for a little while because it's news, even though we don't know what we're talking about." So uh, the the confusion is over a character named Scumbag. Uh, Scumbag is voiced by a man, but Scumbag doesn't actually have any lines. Scumbag just makes noises because it's effectively a fly, I think. I honestly haven't seen the movie yet either, but you know, I can do research. <laughs> so Scumbag is technically voiced by a man, which is part of the confusion. Um, again, no actual lines of dialogue. The, the character does not speak. The character is, as I am told, as I have read uh, from a number of not 
Ju not just mainstream outlets from other uh, underground outlets as well. The character in the movie specifically is referred to as she. Uh, that that is a female character, and at one point, apparently, Splinter had a romantic relationship with Scumbag. Um, which that is the issue, not the fact that he b was kind of gay for five seconds, but like. Splinter being a sexual creature is not how the Ninja Turtles works, but that's not what we're talking about. Um, so the marketing team, when they were making the character posters that are all over the place, um, they didn't know, they, for whatever reason, didn't know about the story of the movie. Uh, they just knew certain notes and bits and pieces, and they knew that the character was voiced by a man. So, using the logic that they had and the information that they had, they wrote on the... Uh, the character poster, Scumbag, as himself instead of herself. Uh, apparently, the director and production staff all were very upset by this, and it has since been fixed, especially now that, you know, people have, have made the connection and went, Oh, my childhood! Um, but yeah, it was... It was from what up the information that we have now was an honest mistake and but it was a mistake nonetheless splinter is not gay uh scumbag is not a male and that's as much as we're going to get into that because like i really want to see the movie i will very probably have seen it by the time we speak again next week but uh as it stands right now i had other things going on and i couldn't catch it so uh let's move on shall we Oh, actually, no, we're not moving on yet. Uh, there was one other piece around Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It wasn't them, you know, race swapping one of the main characters or, or making one of the main characters gay or even really severing the uh, Splinter Shredder connection that originally happened in the story because that was necessary. Anyway, there is something else here, and that is that it has been uh, greenlit to be there actually in development, uh, though how much development can go on right now remains to be seen. Uh, They're in development for a sequel to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie as well as a spin-off TV series associated as as well too also. I know I just repeated myself. Um, so interesting. Uh, they're really putting a whole lot of eggs into that one basket though. So hopefully it does better than it seems to be projected to do right now. I've heard not a whole lot of bad stuff, aside from obviously April's black for no reason, and you know Splinter and Shredder are no longer connected through the mythology. That seems like unnecessary changes, but by and large, a lot most people seem to be liking the movie who are actually watching it. So there you go. All right, now let's move on. We're talking now about some stuff that was announced at San Diego Comic Con, DC animated, Warner Brothers animated, I guess I should say. Uh, announced that there's going to be two huge comic book adaptations in the animated movie world, and that is Crisis on Infinite Earths, as well as The Watchmen will be coming out on the Warner Brothers animated uh, platform, though how far into development were these movies before the strike? I don't know, but you know, hopefully soon it'll happen. Uh, from there, we have Wonder Woman. We have a, uh, an announcement from Wonder Woman. Uh, Gal Gadot herself has come out and said that she is specifically working with uh, Saffron and James Gunn on a 
third solo movie. So Gal Gadot will be coming back as Wonder Woman, at least according to Gal Gadot, because James Gunn and Peter Safran, neither of them have said one way or the other for certain with this situation. So that remains to be seen. There's actually a rumor revolving around this one over in the rumor mill, so stick around for that. From there, though, let's talk about Disney Marvel. This is actually tied into the strikes because uh, the VFX ar artists over at the Disney Marvel uh, company, the ones that are not, uh, no, I think even the ones that are working for third-party VFX companies, uh, they're trying to unionize. And this is the first time that uh, this subsection of Hollywood creators will have been unionized. So that's pretty huge. Um, could very much factor into the negotiations that are going on right now with SAG and WAGs or uh, writers, whatever. Um, so yeah, pretty interesting. That's all I really have on that one. Uh, there, there was a vote placed and the, uh, uh, the, the paperwork that they had to fill out to request representation by union re representatives, the union body. I don't know how unions work, especially in Hollywood. But uh, yeah, they, they, they have put that paperwork forward and it seems to be looking good for uh, uh, unionization for them. Generally speaking, I am not very pro-union, though in a situation like we have in the economy that is Hollywood, unions kind of make sense to a very large degree. Not 100%, but about 90% uh, in favor of unionization in that situation. So uh, that's what we got there. Let's move another real quick piece. Talk to me. The new A24 horror movie has done so well. And actually, A24 is one of the studios that is still, uh, it, their writers and actors are still allowed to do work for because they're not part of uh, the body the af i can't remember the, the acronym the, the 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 who represents the studios they are not represented by that same company they are an independent so they work directly with the union they don't go through the the intermediary which means the union is allowing people to still work with a24 which is pretty huge um so yeah but their new big movie talk to me just got announced that there is a green lit sequel moving forward so that's pretty awesome again that was a quick one and then our final piece i think yes final piece for uh movies this episode is zombie town a new rl stein adaptation it's a live action movie that is going to find its way into theaters i don't know who the production company is just yet but uh it is to the point in its development so i should know who the who developed it that it got a rating, uh, PG-13 rating specifically. So R.L. Stein's kids' books are getting PG-13 ratings these days. So weird. Such an interesting dichotomy over there in Hollywood, isn't it? Uh, so that's what we have for the uh, movies section. Let's talk now about the suggestion this week in movies. Movie suggestion is... Pee-wee's Big Holiday. Uh, this is the last Pee-wee Herman movie that came out. Uh, Joe Manganiello factors very heavily into this, and it's just, it's, this is the reason why we love Paul Rubens. I mean, there is a plenty of other reasons why as well, but the Pee-wee stuff, man, is just so good. And this is, even though it's separated from uh, Big Adventure by, I think it was like 25 years or something, you could still watch all three Pee Wee Herman movies back to back to back, 
and they would feel like this, like a continuation of the same character. Everything would feel right. Uh, and even though, again, the, this most recent one was separated from the other two by a fair amount. So I just, yeah, this is good stuff. Go check out the Peewee's Last Holiday and remember you some Paul Rubens because those are good memories, man. Rumor mill. Let's talk about these rumors. Uh, this, this week in the rumor mill, we have so much going on. We have some gaming stuff. We're going to talk about Silent Hill. Uh, we're going to talk about Deadpool 3 because there's a lot of stuff going on there. We're going to talk about Mandalorian Season 4 rumors and a whole bunch, whole bunch more. So, starting things off in new sources for old rumors. <clears throat> The Lando property actually has two new sources uh, saying different things, actually. So if you remember previously, we talked about <clears throat> Lando getting his own movie, and then they, that got flipped into uh, Lando series on Disney+. And now, apparently, one of the rumor sources is saying that it's uh, going to be a movie again, and it's still absolutely in the works. And then the other source is saying that... <clears throat> No, 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 it's still going to be a series, and Donald and his Donald Glover and his brother Steven are the ones writing the series. So <clears throat> I think possibly the first rumor was just uh, the information was misinterpreted, and it's still a thing over on Disney Plus, is what they should have said, I would imagine. And then the Donald and Steven Glover thing, uh, just, yeah, why would, if you have Donald Glover in the thing, why would you not also at least give him a uh, writing credit, if not let him write the whole damn thing? He won so many awards for Atlanta, like that just makes total sense. And he also understands the character probably better than most writers in Hollywood do it today. So yeah, I, yeah, I think that's a thing for sure. Uh, and then we have new uh, source for an old rumor surrounding the Fantastic Four. I believe we actually have a new Fantastic Four rumor as well. No, we actually, I, I didn't write that one down because it doesn't need to give, to get air. But uh, the new rumor or the new source for the old rumor is that Vanessa Kirby, we talked previously about the possibility of her being cast as Sue Storm. New source says that in fact did happen just under the wire right before the actor strike. So she supposedly, once the actor strike is uh, resolved, settled, whatever, she is going to be announced as Sue Storm for the Fantastic Four movie. So that's pretty cool. I don't know how much I believe that, though. She would be a sufficient Sue Storm, I think. She's not a terrible actress and probably do just fine. Uh, but that's what we got for new sources. Let's talk about new rumors, baby. Uh, first up, coming out the gate one more time, we got Deadpool 3. So, Emma Corrin was announced to be playing the villain in the movie. Who that villain is has been made very unclear. Uh, and so, like, a whole lot of speculation has been going around. But uh, a number of rumors that were talked about months ago that we didn't really cover on the channel because it was just, it was just so dense. <laughs> and, like, some a, a lot, a fair portion of it didn't seem to be uh, lining up with anything, so I just didn't feel like it, it deserved to get air. But we did get a little bit of... Uh, this in that. So we're going to go back and talk about that for a, mo a moment. Uh, the big thing in that that is apparently being confirmed with this rumor is that uh, the villain is going to be 
Professor X's twin sister, Cassandra Nova. Um, Nova was created by Grant Morrison in 2011. And uh, like this just seems right. <laughs> if you look at the actress Emma Corrin, then you look at the character Cassandra Nova, like you can see the similarities, which might honestly just be why this rumor is starting to pick up and grow some legs is because she was just announced as the villain. So then it kind of made sense, right? But there are some prominent uh, leakers and insiders, insiders, who are saying that that's just, that's, yes, she is going to be the villain, but she, that's not who the villain is going to be. So uh, there is fair amount of doubt here, though, if you, if, if, if it were up to me, it, I would go this direction. So we're going to say 70% likely that we will be seeing Emma Corrin as Cassandra Nova in Deadpool 3 on May 3rd of 2024. Next rumor has to do with Nova, the Nova, the Marvel movie that is somewhere in development, though, again, strikes and whatnot, everything has been stopped. But uh, Nova is reportedly looking at Jared Padalecki as Nova. Uh, Jensen Ackles was also rumored there for a hot second, but literally anyone who actually knows what's going on behind the scenes or has some sort of inkling therein has shot that one down. So Jared Padalecki though, I don't think I see, I have seen anybody shoot this one down just yet. So that's interesting. Uh, though there is another actor rumored and for whatever damn reason, I did not write down his name. He seems slightly more probable because of his age and such. Uh, because Jared Padalecki, while not the oldest dude ever, he's about my age. So it's kind of a little bit on the top side of the age for uh, a new actor in the MCU. Um, so yeah, we're given the Nova rumor for Jared Padalecki a 40% likelihood that we will see Jared Padalecki put on that suit with the big old star. Uh, from there we have Disney is the, the, their next batch of live action remakes have been leaked apparently, uh, which are said to be Tangled and The Princess and the Frog. So these two movies are supposedly going to be the next movies that develop into live action. No reason to necessarily go one way or the other. They have so many movies at this point, like any one of them could be a fair, could be fair game. So we're saying 50% because sure it could be, and sure they could go a different direction. It doesn't really matter because we're not going to watch it. <laughs> but uh, our next rumor is Mandalorian season four is reportedly not going to happen. In its place, we are reportedly going to be getting a movie from David Filoni instead. Uh, Dave Filoni has definitely not led anyone to believe that this is the case. Um, he, from, from everything that I could recall, Filoni talks about Mandalorian as a series pretty exclusively. So like if it's leading into a movie, maybe that could happen, but are they gonna cut the series short in order to do that? Probably not. Um, also not a great source, so there's that as well. So we're putting this one at about 30% uh, likely that we will be seeing a movie instead of season four. I think, we'll be, I think we will be getting both, if not a season five, as well as a movie. So from there, let's go into Deathstroke. We have uh, Joe Manganiello is reportedly going to be returning to the role of Deathstroke. Um, 
This seems to jibe because we got such a limited exposure to Deathstroke. Joe Manganiello uh, is a great, physically is a great choice for the role of Deathstroke, so I can understand why that would be made. But like, eh. I honestly, the percentage I gave it here is a little bit of wishful thinking on my part because not a great source. Um, definitely not a source that's consistently wrong, but not consistently right either. So I think it's just because I wanted Joe Manganiello to be Deathstroke again. Uh, we're putting this one at 60%, but like this is this is factoring into the following rumor as well is if we're rebooting the universe, wouldn't that wouldn't we reboot the entire universe when we recast all of these big parts like that seems to make more sense than bringing back some of these actors which then brings us to wonder woman uh so the gal gadot thing uh very big industry insiders insiders and leakers are saying that the announcement from Gal Gadot is akin to the announcement we got from Henry Cavill in that Henry thought he was going to be returning as Superman and then he didn't. Uh, I... So these are two different situations. The Henry Cavill situation was going to happen. There was everything that he needed to be put in place was put in place, save for one pretty major thing, and that is production. <laughs> uh, so he got that new contract right as they were changing ownership and changing who the um, executive producer of all of DC was going to be. So it makes sense that that was a little bit more rocky than Cavill realized. Now that Gunn and Saffron are sitting on top of the DC world, seems like there's a little bit more stability there. So if Gal is saying that she is coming out, or having meetings rather, with Gunn and Saffron to discuss and work out what a third Wonder Woman movie would look like with her in it, there is a fair reason to believe that such a thing would happen. However, on the other side of that, these sources are very rarely wrong to this degree. So, because there is enough reason to speculate on either side, we're splitting the difference and going right down the middle with 50% likely that Gal will actually return as Wonder Woman. Uh, next rumor we have is the Batman sequel, Batman 2, uh, the, the Robert Pattinson Batman, that one, Matt Reeves and such. Uh, reportedly, we're going to be getting some sort of visit from Two-Face in this movie. Uh, there was no specifics as to if he was going to be the main antagonist, he was going to just be a cameo, he was going to be a secondary support character, anything like that, just that he was going to be in the movie, so that kind of plays to its favor. Like, yeah, sure, are they going to uh, uh, reveal Harvey Dent as a character in this universe? That, that seems pretty likely. Uh, are we going to see Two-Face proper? That's a little less likely. Uh, are, is Two-Face going to be the main antagonist for the Batman 2? Yeah, I think probably not. So, with all of that into consideration, we're looking at about 65% likely that we will be seeing Harvey Dent and or Two-Face to some degree in the next The Batman movie. Uh, so from there, we got a gaming rumor to talk about, Silent Hill 2. Real quick rumor, just Silent Hill 2, their, their target release date is September of this year. 
seems pretty quick. It's a little over two months away, or a month and a half away, rather. So that's a little bit cutting it close, and we probably would have heard about it by now, but the, my video game sources are very rarely this wrong. So I'm putting this one at 80%, though I do feel like that is a little bit generous. Uh, from there, we have another Marvel, and uh, two more Marvel rumors, actually. First one is Eternals 2 is apparently happening if you want to believe the rumor this time it is going to go with a very different director because apparently that's what bob Iger and company are blaming on the failure for the first movie and not you know the fact that it wasn't very well done maybe um just all over writing uh, uh directing uh producing uh acting you know whatever <laughs> special effects were garbage um so yeah apparently eternals 2 is happening because uh because feige is so reliant on that aspect of his storytelling for this phase like that's why and apparently that is the only reason why I think that there are other ways that you could tell those stories or tell a, a, a competent story moving forward without the Eternals. So that's why I've put it as low as I have. And that's 45% likely that Eternals 2 is a thing. Like, honestly, if we're being 100% honest, we could have probably went all the way up to 50. I just, re I really personally don't think Eternals 2 is going to happen. I think any of those subplots could happen in other movies that make a little bit more sense uh and then we have captain america new world order apparently is set to introduce the weapon plus program if you don't remember weapon plus is the uh the superhuman their super soldier program that gave us not only captain america but also wolverine i think man bat was a thing there or uh not man bat man thing is somehow associated with that and uh yeah just very Deadpool is also associated with that uh, kind of loosely. This seems logical to me. This is not a great source, and honestly, a uh, better source has has kind of said no, that's not a thing. But <laughs> again, none of the sources are ever 100% right. So there's that. But also, if we're in this uh, nexus of introducing the mutants into the MCU, if we're at this point of Deadpool 3 is about to happen, uh, we're going to be getting Fantastic Four, which is very likely going to introduce mutants in another way, and then we're going to be dealing with mutants for some time, why would you not introduce the Weapon Plus program? At least, kind of. At least introduce the idea of such a thing in your universe pretty soon uh so and it kind of makes sense that cap would be the movie that they did that with so i'm gonna say 60 percent likely i think that might be a little too generous and it's a lot more wishful thinking but it seems pretty all right <laughs> and that's what we got for the rumor mill nerds that is the end of the episode. Thank you very much, nerds, for joining me. If you are falling behind in your nerd news and you are currently watching on the YouTube channel, then you should be able to click or tap boxes that are about to appear around my face sometime soon. <laughs> uh, if you are on the socials, then go find me at Generally Nerdy on basically everything. If you are listening on the audio outlets, uh, shout outs to all of the Nerdy Legion and Big Show Entertainment uh, listeners, I appreciate your faces just as much as the YouTube watchers. So, yeah, thank you very much, nerds. We'll see you in the next one. Before we go, always, always remember that if it's generally nerdy, it's probably here. <laughs>